Well, good morning, church. What a great time of worship. That was amazing. Thank you, worship team. Ah, it's an exciting day to be here. I uh, am Pastor Johnny. I'm the kids and youth pastor here at the church, so you don't get to see me very often. Um, I'm always teaching your kids, or Sunday nights we teach the youth, and uh, so we have a good time. And uh, so I thought maybe today I would bring the good time in here. Is that all right? All right. It sounds like you guys are with me. Uh, uh, Yeah. So uh, if you don't like today's message, that's okay. Uh, Pastor Aaron will be back in a couple weeks and just go on with church, right? Just scrap it. Scrap it. Problem is we're live and and you might be able to watch it again, but, uh, but we're here. We're here. So I just want to introduce myself for a second. Uh, my wife and I and my four kids, we packed up in a U-Haul a couple, uh, a couple months ago. It's been a, a year and two months now since we've moved from Kansas City to Florida, and we absolutely love it. It's been the joy of our life to move here uh, and meet a lot of these people in Grace Church. We were honored uh, to meet Aaron and Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole, and uh, we fell in love with them very quick. Has anybody experienced that? Falling in love with the pastors there. Yeah, they're, they're just amazing people. And then obviously we got to meet you guys. You guys are like the weird uncles of the family. Um, and yes, thank you, Tom. We, we, we love it here. We love Grace Church. We love Florida. As soon as we came here, we just dove right into the culture, right? We are, we are beach people, my wife and I. We've got four little kids, um, Creston, six. Uh, my twin girls just turned five a couple days ago, and then I've got a three-year-old, Jojo. She's kind of the boss of the house. Um, yeah, she's, she's fierce. She's fierce. If you haven't met her, you will. If no one be- I always say if no one beats her to it, she'll be the first woman president because uh, she, she likes to tell everybody what to do. Uh, yeah, but so that's, that's my family. We moved here, and, and so we have, we, I, I grew up as a pastor's son, and my dad was a pastor's son, and so for generations, we grew up um, reading the word and talking about God and seeing God's glory and acknowledging God in our lives, you know, since I've, since I've been born. So today, I feel like I've got a word from God from you, and if you don't like my words, at least you'll like the words of the Bible, because we're going to read a little bit out of God's word, and we're going to talk a little bit about his glory, his God's glory, man. If, if you just open your eyes, I know we live in 2020, the weirdest time in all of the earth, uh, it, but God's glory is everywhere. The sun comes up, sun goes down, we get to see it, right? And uh, we live in a, in a, what a wonderful place to live to experience uh, a lockdown, Right? What a wonderful place. You know, so they, they shut down everything, and I was at the beach, and I was like, hey, look at here. I got this all to myself. Um, they were showing stuff on the news, you know, with uh, the, the beaches be packed and everything. I'm like, don't tell them where my spot is, because I'm all by myself. So uh, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, God's glory today. Um, but man, so moving here. We've experienced new things. We're from Kansas City, so we had these things called seasons, right? Uh, I believe uh, right now there's snow, right? You get to see snow fall from the sky. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, yes, yes, that's for the birds is what I say. And so we moved down here, and we get to experience the beach and lots of new things that we've never experienced, right? We've experienced 
uh, some amazing things. Uh, one of the things I love to do, I'm a fisherman, so when I came here, I dove into the culture, and I've caught sharks. I've caught little fish, big fish, and, and I've, it's so funny, I have to have my phone with me all the time because I have to Google what I'm catching. I have no idea. I reel it in. It's like, this, is this thing poisonous? Uh, it's going to eat me? And, uh, but no, so, so we have experienced Florida. So today, I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, my wife and I, we're kind of adventurous, and so we decided we are going to take the kayak onto the ocean and do a little bit of fishing on the ocean. Now, if, if you've been to the ocean, you, there are these things called waves, right? And we're from the Midwest. We'd been on a kayak. Yeah, we've been on a kayak, but not on the ocean. We've been on a lake, nice and calm. And so what we do is we load that kayak in the truck. We take all of our fishing gear, and we head off to the beach. And, uh, and it, it was a good time. We were excited. We got a babysitter. It was just all, all lined up, you know. Uh, and so we got everything, drug it out to the beach, and we get out there, and the waves are probably a little bit too large for us to take on the task. But uh, I'm a kid's pastor. I'm a youth pastor, and I like to do stupid stuff. So my wife and I, we decided we're going to barrel through, right? So we, we, we throw everything on there, and we start to go past the first wave. My wife is in front, and I'm in the back because I figured I could grab a hold of her if she floats back. And so... Uh, we start to push, and we get past the first wave, right? And we're like, we made it, right? But if you've seen Moana, you know what's happened, what happens past the first wave. And so we get past the first wave, and it just obliterates us. It, it sends everything back, wash it up to the beach. I'm, pick, I'm picking up my shorts and everything else, and I'm, wife, where are you? You know, she comes back up, floating up, and, and uh, so we try again. We load all the fishing gear onto the kayak. We're going to make this happen, right? I'm, a, I'm from a godly family, so I, I understand, you know, the school of the hard knocks teaches you, you get knocked down, you get back up again, right? God says, I'm with you always, right? So, so we put all our stuff back on there, and we have the faith of the mustard seed, and we decide to go back at it again. And so we hop on, we start pulling, 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 same exact thing. We get past the first wave, the second wave turns the kayak, it thumps both of us, and we're floating underwater, and we can't find anything, and Everything's washed up, and we're just trying to find our soul, I think. And so we've got the kayak, and we're missing a lot of stuff. I think a quarter of a mile down the way, there was a fisherman. He comes carrying my flip-flops, right? I think these are yours. And at this time, we kind of have the attention of the beach, right? So, uh, so there's another guy brings it. I think this is your fishing pole. I'm like, is it full of sand? Yeah, that's mine. And so we load back up. I've got half the bait that I started with because it's swimming, Right, um, and so we load up and we get ready, and and down down comes this old man walking to me. I'm afraid that he's going to tell me you're going to kill your wife, right? You're going to have to stop this. And so he comes up and he starts talking to me, and um, he says, "I'm a retired kayak instructor for whitewater rafting in Colorado." That's pretty cool. I'm like, so you're going to get on here and show us how it's done? And he says, absolutely not. If, if I would tell anyone in any situation, this is not a good situation, right? I, I've watched you two or three times try this, and I, I think it's not safe for you to do. And we're like, all right, get thee behind me, Satan, right? And uh, so he says, but, but there is one thing. And I said, okay. And he said, you guys, are, you guys look crazy enough to actually do this. And so, all right, so he says, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take the waves head on. 
He says, you're going to have to take, you're going to have to pull the kayak and you're going to have to take this and don't let the wave come to you. You have to go to the wave. Okay, you got this? And he, and he says, well, one, one other thing. You're going to have to leave all your stuff behind. Okay, take your fishing stuff off. Take, I'm like, what? You're from Colorado. You don't understand. I'm going out there to catch me a fish. And so we load, we, we just, without what, it, so we, we, we loaded everything on and we took on those waves and we took, boom, come on, baby, run, run, run. And we get past the first wave into the position where we'd been, where we just got the snot kicked out of us, right? And we said, go, go, go. So we pushed past the second wave and then she hops on the kayak and then I keep pushing, push, paddle, 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 paddle. And she gets past the third wave and now I'm about neck deep. And I'm like, okay, now I've got nothing, no help here. I have to hop on. So I hop on, and we get past the fifth, past the sixth wave, and then we're on the ocean. We finally made it, and it was just an amazing time. My wife and I love going to the ocean. I have a photo that day that we took of the ocean. I took that with my cell phone. So that was one of the waves that washed us up. And once you get past that, there's another one, and then there's another one. But... We got out there, and what a glorious sight. You don't get that in the Midwest. Man, we just float around. What God's glory is everywhere. We've just got to open up our eyes to see it. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 1 through 4. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. What a large robe. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, two they covered their feet, and two they were flying. What a wonderful sight to see. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his what? Glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. God's glory is on the earth. I would say for, for most of us, I would say that 2020 has given us plenty of opportunities to not focus on God's glory. I've got a lot of experience this year having to deal with how do I teach kids online? It's so weird. I teach youth from sixth grade to 12th grade. And if you hang out with kids, they're on their phone constantly. But if you want to get your kids to sign on to talk about Jesus, they don't want to do it. It's like, hey, I, this, I thought this would be your world. And so 2020 throws a lot of different things for you and for me. But I would say God's glory is here, and we just have to acknowledge it. We live in a world where uh, we, uh, we glorify astronauts, right? We, uh, we went to NASA the other day, and uh, they, they showed the stuff about Apollo 11, right, and how they made it up to the moon. I'm sure God's like... Good job, guys. You know, they were, I mean, this whole place is wrapped around a big machine we built to go like nowhere compared to what God has created, right? And so if you know anything about space, which some of you do, God's glory is magnified. Some of you have kids. 
Did you know that there's some weird people that have committed to having babies in 2020? What a weird thing. Why would you bring a baby into 2020, right? But God's glory is still happening while we deal with the world around us. Maybe we need to shut off the news. Maybe we need to shut off our social media and understand that God's glory is everywhere. It's everywhere. So when I look back and I read through the Bible, there's a guy in the Bible. His name is Moses. And I think he experienced some glorious things, right? He experienced God's glory in a lot of ways that none of us could even imagine, right? He starts out as a baby in a time, God births maybe one of the best characters in the Bible. He births him in a time where what? Pharaoh wants to kill babies. What? All right. So he births him in a time Pharaoh wants to kill him. So what do they do? What any reasonable parent would do, right? Put him in a basket and send him down the Nile. <laughs> that seems reasonable. So they put him in the Nile with crocodiles, alligators, everything else, and they send him down the, down the way. And who finds him? Pharaoh's daughter. What? This has got to be a fable. And so Pharaoh's daughter, he, she's like, I'm going to keep this baby. This is pretty cool. Then Moses grows up and learns from the best teachers and the best this and the best that. He's got the best food. He ends up going to exile, and he goes out, and he's running around. And, Moses, and God's like, you know what? I'm going to call Moses into ministry. How does he do it? Well, I was called into ministry. I was called into ministry when I was a young boy. I was at youth camp, 13 years old, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want to make you a preacher of the gospel. Okay, that sounds great. Not the way Moses did it. Moses is walking around. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, there's a bush on fire. But the, but the fire didn't consume the bush. And, the, and then the bush starts talking to Moses. <laughs> I, growing up, I didn't experience God's glory that way, but I have, in that way, when we showed the beach, I have experienced God's glory in the birth of my children to watch my wife grow a baby in her belly. What in the world? So Moses ends up, gets called in the ministry, and he's scared, right? And another, another glorious thing happens. God's like, no, go to Pharaoh. Tell him to free my people. Have you guys heard the song, Pharaoh, Pharaoh? Whoa, let my people go. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So some of you guys are Christians, right? Um, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for judging. So Moses... He has to go back, and so he's talking to, talking to God, and he's like, here, if you need some proof, need something to do, throw your staff on the ground. So he does, and it turns into a snake, my least favorite thing. I say the only good, good snake is a dead snake. And so then God's like, pick it back up. And I'm like, that's where I would have lost the call of God in my life. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. So he does something stupid. He picks it up, and it turns back into a staff. And then... Uh, God tells him, okay, if that's not enough, shove your hand in your shirt, right? And so he does, and he pulls it out, and it's full of leprosy. And then he's like, okay, now put it back. He puts it back in, he pulls it back out, and it's, it's back to normal. Those are some glorious times. 
I would say a lot of us have experienced God's glory in our life, and 2020 has kind of washed it away, and we haven't really been able to bring it back up in our memory. So then he goes on, and he actually does what God tells him to do. He goes back, and he, he frees his people from Pharaoh, right? And Pharaoh lets him go. And then he's on the run because Pharaoh changes his mind like a lot of leaders do, right? Pharaoh let him go, and then he decided to change his mind and chase him. Now, we live in a time where whether you like the president or not, God is in control. And in a couple days... Whether you like the president or not, God is in control. And we live and we worship a God that was in charge of the world with bad pharaohs and good pharaohs. There was good Caesars and bad Caesars, good kings and bad kings. But God's glory is always going to happen, right? The sun's still going to come up and the sun's still going to go down. Praise Jesus. So Moses goes, and he gets caught, and he's chased by Pharaoh, right? And we know this story. He gets to the, gets the Red Sea, and, and God says, okay, let's fix this problem. Raise your hand with your staff. Uh, okay. And he does, and he raises it, and they walk across on dry ground, and the people are chasing him, and they get washed up. You know, the first part of Moses' life, he experienced God's glory, and then for a little while, it was kind of neat. His people got to experience God's glory with him. I've got to spend a year and a couple months with Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole. And I'll tell you something. They search for, they follow, and they look after God's glory. They honor the Lord. And if we decide, you know what, we're going to follow these people, we're going to experience some glorious things too. Because they're searching, they're researching, they're checking the Bible, they're, they're checking every day, right? I've got a pulse. This is God's glory is good. And if we follow the people or follow them like the people followed Moses, we all know the story. They end up finding and getting to the promised land. But for a little while, Moses gets out there and they're following, they're wandering around, and there's this time that I want to check on in Moses' life. He goes up on this mountain. It's called Mount Sinai. And he goes up there for 40 days and 40 nights. And what ends up happening is the people that are following him start to grumble and complain. Where's Moses? What's he doing? This, this is the worst time I've ever experienced. We better create something to worship. I wish 2020 was 40 days and 40 nights. They never would have made it now, right? They would have been on Facebook. I hate it. 40 days and 40 nights, he's gone up on a mountain, experienced God's glory, and his people go berserk. And he comes back down, and what they've done is they built a golden calf, okay? And they're worshiping this golden calf, and he has these, these Ten Commandments, right? And he comes down, shatters them. He's just like, what in the world is going on? And so that's where I want to read in Exodus chapter 33, verses 17 through 19. Uh, God ends, and Moses ends up going to God and asking for him to show him his glory. And he says this, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses says, Now show me your glory. Show me 
your glory. We need to be a church that sings that song every day. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. There's a Greek word called theophany, right? Uh, me as a kid's pastor, if I was teaching the kids, I would say it a little different. I think I would say it theophany because I like the way that that sounds. But theophany, if you could pull that up, is a visible manifestation of God to humankind. And so God, Moses asks God to show him his glory. I think right now in 2020, we need to be a church, we need to be a people, we need to be a city, a nation, a country that says, God, show us your glory, because he wants to show his glory. And so Moses says, show me your glory. I would venture to say that some of us have decided in the year 2020 to build our own golden calf. Has there been a day where you've woken up in the last few months and you just said, this is stupid. I'm tired of this. I think the media, I think the neighbors, I think our coworkers, I think some of our friends, some of our best friends have lost sight of God's glory. I think some of you need to get up and go see the sunrise. Experience God's glory, however you like to experience God's glory. Maybe, uh, wives, maybe some of you guys need to just go on a shopping spree. You know what I mean? You just pull up. The, uh, my wife is this way, man. You just pull up and say, man, God is good. You know what I'm saying? Then she puts it on, and I say, mm-hmm, yeah, he is good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't in the notes. Can we edit that one out, Nick? <laughs> yeah, not nowadays. So Moses does two things. I just want to point out these few things, and then I want to talk about it, and then we can get out of here. You can go eat, eat some lunch. Number one, Moses does, the he addresses his sin. Right before he asks God to show him his glory, he goes to God and he says, look, forgive our sin. This golden calf, all this stuff, I'm so sorry. Moses even goes so far to say, if you won't forgive it, if we've gone too far, just blot me out of your book. Just, just erase me out of the history of time. He addresses his sin. I think today, if we're going to experience God's glory, we need to be a people that might look inside and say, I've got some things I need to address. I've got some things. I'm a pastor, and I've got things I've got to address. I've got some people that I need to say I'm sorry to. I've got some feelings in my heart that I need God to take away. Am I the only one? He addresses his sin. Because when trouble comes, you're going to be alone, standing face to face to God. And if you haven't addressed that sin in your own heart, we all know what happens. The second thing that happens that what Moses did was he addressed the king. He addressed his sin to start, and then he addressed the king. 
I don't want to be alone in the end and of talking about what my neighbors said or what they did or what's going on with them and pretending like it's all their fault or, okay, so the country's a mess because this and that, right? We need, God's going to look at our own heart. So we're going to have to get to the point where we address the king on our own. Okay, so that's all great and glorious and wonderful. We need a theophany. But what does a relationship with a glorious God look like? Right? We can talk all day in church for an hour and a half how glorious God is, and we leave, and then we experience the world. What does a relationship with God really look like? Growing up in church, I was always around Christians, and we would go have dinner at some old saint's house, some old lady's house, and one time there was a sign hanging up on a wall. It's a poem called Footprints in the Sand. Have you guys heard of this poem? Yeah. It's fun to experience it now because we get to walk on the sand, right? Where I'm from, it's nothing like that. The poem is that, oh, Lord, I'm skipping down, holding your hand. I didn't write it down because I um, kind of don't agree with it. I'm skipping down the sand, and here we are, spending time together, Lord Jesus. And whenever I experience trouble, you just pick me up, and I look back, and I'm like, oh, no, where's my footprints? And you was carrying me that whole time. That's not what a relationship with God sounds is, really, if you re read the word, if you experience life, because I would like to say, yeah, that would be great if God could just carry me through 2020, but when you go to work, you experience the day. When you see your spouse, you experience the day, and it would be great if you just like floating around like, hey, Jesus got me on this one because I'm not doing too well. I want to read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, and we're going to read a couple verses here. And we'll end with this. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10 through 13. God says, so, so do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I think you're all experiencing something in life right now, whatever it is, that you need to hear those words. Do not fear, for I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage war against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. You have someone that's opposing you in anywhere in your life? Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. And those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes a hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I've read that passage a lot of times. Do not fear, for I am with you. But a relationship with God is not the footprints in the sand where you're galloping down the beach. If in these three verses we read, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous what? Right hand. 
For I am the Lord your God who takes a hold of your what? Right hand. That poses a weird thing for me because I'm a lefty, so I'm not really sure what I would be doing. But a relationship with God, if we turn to Isaiah chapter 41, shows that a true relationship with God, if he's going to take care of our problems, is us right hand to right hand. Well, that puts him facing us. If we're to have a true relationship with God where we do not fear because he's with us, we need to head and face our troubles looking into the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords' face. I would say a lot of us have just decided to put God beside us and some of us to put God behind us. And just skip through 2020 like, I'm ready for 2021 when all this stuff is over. I'm here to tell you, this is the way of the world. And until you get face to face with the king and experience God's glory, you're going to be fearful. You're going to be dismayed. You're going to be asking for God, strengthen me, help me. Hold me up with your right hand. I have all these people raging war against me. And you're going to be thrown off like a lot of people in 2020 are getting thrown off. If you look at the statistics, pastors are quitting everywhere. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their lives. People are just giving up. So I brought this thing I want to show you. I'm going to move this back here. I brought my kayak. This is the thing my wife and I pulled out to the ocean and got tossed around in. And when I was on my way to the ocean, I was ready and loaded up, packed up and ready, because I was going to catch a fish on the ocean. I got tumbled. I got thrown around. Life wasn't what I expected to be. I experienced some things. I'm getting old. It's a little easier doing the water. Okay. And I got out there. If you could pull up that picture of the ocean. That's what I saw. I went out there to go catch some fish. And I didn't put a lure in the water. I had troubles. 2020 is doing the same thing it's doing to me that it's doing to you. I couldn't even fish. My wife and I just floated around saying, God is good. His glory is everywhere. And I'm sorry for the way that I've treated you in 2020. I'm sorry for the things that we've experienced in 2020. And we are not going to act that way anymore. God's glory is everywhere. And unless we decide to see it, we're going to be a nation that's begging for God to show himself to us. And he's like, I'm here.
I'm here. All you've got to do is those couple things. Address your sin. Come to the king. I just want to take a couple minutes. If you bow your heads and close your eyes. I think a lot of us would admit if we were to be real with ourselves. 2020 threw me for a loop. You know, in Revelations chapter 22, verse 23, it says this, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Have we put things in front of God's glory that has distracted us from doing our true purpose? I want to give you a chance just for a second to quietly pray to the Lord. I'm going to pray with you. If there's some sin in your life, sin in your heart, sin that you have unconfessed to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I just want to give you this opportunity for a second. Just quietly. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. Jesus, I've got sin I've got to deal with. I'm sorry. I need your glory in my life. 2020's thrown too much at me. I need your glory. Just tell him I'm sorry. Address the sin to the king. The second thing Moses did was address the king. He said, God, I need you in my life. He asks him, he says, God, show me your glory. And what does God do? He actually shows up. He actually shows up. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible where Moses is tucked in a, in a hole in a cave. God says, I'll show myself to you, but you can only see my backside because I'm too glorious for you to even look at. Maybe you might say, you know what? 2020's thrown a lot at me. I need the king in my life. Show me your glory, Jesus. Tell him, just show me your glory. When I wake up tomorrow, show me your glory. I'm tired of focusing on my troubles. I'm tired of focusing on my marriage. I'm tired of focusing on my finances. I'm tired of focusing on 2020 and this COVID stuff and the presidential stuff. I'm tired of focusing on this, Jesus. Show me your glory. Show us your glory, Jesus. Lord, as we go on today, I pray that you just give us opportunities to experience your glory, to see you, to see your face, and to understand that you are in control. We thank you for being in control. We give it to you, Jesus.